the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions Bob expressed Black. by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Yes. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I believe in something called the retire wealthy approach or something like that. I don't even know what I believe. It's just, to me, retirement's about dignity. To me, retirement is about choices. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I probably have a little less fun now than I did 10, 15 years ago. As I get closer to retirement, I'm thinking, like, wow, I really want to have all the money that I can have in retirement and not really put, be put in a stressful situation. Um, I have family members, and I know a lot of people in retirement. I work very closely with CFP Chad Burton. I'm kind of the front end. He's kind of the back end. But between the, the people that I see coming in and the people I see him manages, there's a, there's a difference between retirement. There's good ones and there's bad ones. So I want people to save as much as possible, and the people I want to save the most are the youngest, because that's when it's easiest. Um, I had a good friend who, uh, she was totally in love with a boyfriend, fiancé, and then she kind of met me, and I think I messed things up, because she basically dumped him. They had been engaged for about six years, and he borrowed 30000 to pay off his student debt, and then he borrowed... $30,000 in credit cards again. So she's kind of seeing, oh boy, this guy's going to be a spender. And she knew that she wanted to have kids one day. And she looked at me, I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> no way, no thanks. Um, I didn't say that because she's an incredibly lovely person. Incredibly lovely. Um, so she ends up finding another guy and they fall in love and, you know, you could follow their travels where they're going to New York, they're going to Mexico, they're going to L.A., and they're doing white raves and stuff like that and dancing. See, I'm not a dancer. The dancing that I do is like classic ballet. I don't do hip-hop, you know? Uh, Just not me. So they're doing all the raves and stuff like that, and uh, that's like year one. Year two, they're engaged and married, and year three, they got a little baby. A barber. 
and she's the person I want to help most get to a million dollars because um, she didn't save anything really in her 20s. She works at a company where she has been able to put money into a 401k and she's done very, very, very well with that because she's a good saver. But, you know, I, I think that baby thing in her head, the biological clock was always going to be an issue, not an issue, a blessing, but a very expensive blessing. So a baby's going to cost you about $250,000. A marriage, you know, $20,000, 30000 um, The good old days of passionate love and traveling the country and going to white raves are over once you have that kid. Um, not necessarily one kid, but two kids, it's over. And it's like a, it's like a cliche CBS comedy, right? <laughs> Where the guy becomes fat and unhappy and she's cute and clever and skinny and, well, the kids have ruined everything. So, um, anyway, where, what I'm really trying to get at that is you need to march to about $1 million. And the best way to do that is a 401k plan or an IRA um, and put in as much as you can. Social Security is going to be about $1,500 a month in your latter years, and that's basically going to cover your health care costs. So what's going to cover your housing costs? What's going to cover your vacation costs? What's going to cover your uh, emergencies? So the millennial march to a million. If you're Generation X and you're 40 and you haven't saved anything, you're going to work till the day you die. Um, and at this point in time, you're trying to augment poverty. You're not trying to fulfill wealth and retirement. So, so get that in your head. If you're 40 and you've saved nothing, you're going to work until the day you die. Best case scenario, you're going to augment poverty, um, but not by a lot. And it depends on your health and it depends on how long you're going to live. I work with a guy who, he's on the bigger side and he's had some heart issues. There's a very good chance he works till he dies. And may, that may be his best retirement plan because he hasn't saved a lot for retirement. He may like that. Uh, one of the best things my father did for my mother was kick over and have a heart attack five years from retirement. And when he had a heart attack, he didn't die. They found cancer. They took out most of his lung, left lung, and then some of his right lung. And then five years later, he's dead from cancer again. And no zombies. You know, he's not coming back. Nothing, nothing like that's going to happen. Um... But that was one of the best things he did because he worked basically until he died. And therefore, they didn't have to live off his nest egg. She does. And that's why she's going to have enough to last till the day she dies. Hopefully, uh, if she dies in the next year. No, not next year. Hopefully, if she dies before she turns like 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. Now, she doesn't have longevity in her life, in her parents. Both died very early, all things considered. Well, no, her mother lived a long time. That's incorrect. And her mother lived a long time with dementia, uh, what I used to call old-timer's disease, Alzheimer's disease, because I didn't, wasn't able to pronounce it as a kid. Um, I know, you're saying, I wish you were my child. I know, I know. I'm that kind of cute. Um, I had blonde hair, blue eyes, and, you know, I was a soccer standout. Uh, I can whistle. You're switched on. You're a bit of all right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So where do you put your money? When you're in your 20s and 30s, you put it in as much growth as you can, if you can. And by growth, I'm not talking crazy. I'm not saying you have to only own Amazon and Netflix. No. S&P 500, fine by me. Um, Russell 3000, 
Russell 2000, fine by me. Wilshire 5000, Russell 3000, great. All four of those are relatively diversified. They're not the end-all, be-all. You may say, hey, what about uh, in this cycle, shouldn't banks do well? They should. But knowing that they should, it turns into that ifs and buts. If ifs and buts were candy nuts, so what a party would have, right? So I don't want you to live in poverty. I don't want you to be impoverished. I want you to look at down markets as an opportunity. And like I said, if you're over 40 and you haven't saved yet, you're probably going to work till the day you die. Or you need to come to like some realization that's going to be true. Unless, literally, uh, you were spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year on your kid's education. Now you can put that towards your retirement. So, um, so that's what I got for your March to a million. A million dollars will pay about $40,000 a year in income, roughly. Depends on how you spend it. Depends on how you invest it. Um, and then you add in that $1,500 a month in Social Security. So... 40000 a year, and again, that's pre-tax, uh, so let's call that 30000 Uh Let's call it thirty six. So let's say you get $3,000 a month plus that fifteen. That's 4500 a month. Now you're starting to look like I could live off that, but $1,500 just off Social Security, eh-eh, not gonna, not gonna, not gonna make it. Um, I miss George Bush Jr. Don't you, I mean, look back at all of our presidents. Haven't we been nervous about all of them? Haven't we? Um, wasn't, you know, Bill Clinton kind of a bubba uh, from the mountains, you know, he wasn't perceived as going to be great. And then I think the last person we thought was credible was probably George Bush Sr. Before him, you had Ronald Reagan, who was an actor from California. Then you had George Bush Jr., who didn't look like the smartest. Uh, Obama looked just incredibly inexperienced. So we're always nervous about our presidents is what I'm coming down to. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Got seminars coming up. Got much going on. Talk to you soon. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Hopefully you had a good experience with investing early on in life because I think that helps whether it's a grandfather who bought Disney stock or you know a grandparent who bought a farm and just happened to be in the right place in over 40-50 years it did really really well 
hopefully you got to see what those kind of benefits do. I'm pretty good with money to the point that I might be frugal, but I'm not. Um, I booked a vacation that is so pampered and so loving and so amazing. Um, it's also so expensive. I want the experience, so I'm paying for it. But will I eat lunch out every day? No. Will I buy a $4, $5 cup of coffee? Not usually. Especially if work has it technically for free. <clears throat> um, so I'm frugal on some levels. If we go out for dinner, I'm buying. And I want good food. So that's another area that... Uh, for lunch, I'm like, I'm willing to skimp, but for dinner, you know, we're going out in town, seeing something new, Palo Alto, Los Gatos, uh, San Francisco. I want to, if there's a new chef that's got something kind of cool going on, I want to see it, taste it. It's an experience to me. Uh, I mean, that's, those experiences aren't cheap. Taco truck's great for Tuesday night, but Friday night I want something kind of unique if it's out there. So one area that I'm really good with is I'm good with my money. And I can tell you exactly how much I make, make this year. And I can tell you my tax bracket. And I can tell you my health care costs. Um, give me a little bit of time and I'll show you all my energy costs. And uh, if you don't know how much money enters into your world, and you don't know how much money leaves your bank accounts you're setting yourself up for failure. And there's so many really good companies that do a nice job of keeping track of your income and your expenses. Mint, LearnVest, are two of them. I really like Mint. I think it's a, a great place to start. Um, you might not be good with money if you, don't, if you can't track it. You don't have to be diligent beyond diligent, but successful people pay attention to those things. So you may not be good with money if you carry credit card debt. You know, a uh, store credit card like a Macy's. I'll say yes to a Macy's card if I'm buying a washer or a dryer and they're giving me 20% off. Or a $4,000 mattress. Keep in mind, I like getting my mattresses at uh, murder scenes because you can get a pretty good discount if someone bloodied themselves on your mattress and blood washes out. Kind of. And you can put sheets over that kind of stuff and what have you. But, so I'll take a Macy's credit card at 20% off. But you have to be careful because Macy's will like, do you want 20% off? And then you're like, sure. They may or may not tell you there's an application fee. They may or may not tell you that the interest rate is 24%. They may or may not tell you that, you know, there's some tricks to it if you put anything else on the card that you pay off the new stuff first, the old stuff. You pay off the old stuff first, and the new stuff has a higher interest rate. Um, so there's some things like that. I have a store credit card, and I never keep it in my wallet because it's a horrible credit card. Um, I like buying my appliances through Sears, and it's kind of odd. One thing that I like about it is it's incredibly easy. They do a very, very nice job of picking your stuff up and taking it away. Um, and getting a brand name put into your house and set up, typically within 24 to 48 hours. And if you have a washer dryer, you don't really want to wait 10, 15 days to get a replacement. That some stores are going to make you wait. 
and you might be able to have a slightly better deal, but I like the convenience. Sometimes I'll pay for that. You will not see Rob Black at a laundromat. Not that there's anything wrong with being a laundromat. It's that it consumes an egregious amount of time, and time is one of those commodities that I will pay for. Um, you might not be very good money with money if you're surprised by a bill. You should never open up a bill and go, oh my god. Now, if it's a water bill and you've got a, a leak in your you know, plumbing underneath your house, yeah, you might go, oh my god. But if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you don't know what your roughly rough budget's going to be, you really might have an issue that you might want to start thinking about. So... Um, there's ways to loosen the strings on your cash flow. You don't have to look at it as you're all tied up and you can't do anything. And Oh, woe is me. It's awful. Um, try to get a raise. Try to make a little extra cash working you know, part-time somewhere. Um, I have a friend who watched an, you know, a whole season of NFL games and a whole season of baseball games. And the NFL and the Major League Baseball don't pay you. And in the end, you could read about it in the newspaper. You could probably watch replays, cut out the commercials, and save yourself a lot of time. But a lot of people like, they have to do it. It's so important to follow that baseball team or that football team. Um, because it's one of the joys in life that they, they're going to have. Because they're probably not saving money. Um, you might not be good with money if you find yourself stressed about money. Um, I'm fortunately in a good enough position that I don't have to work. And that makes my life a lot better everywhere. I do a lot of consulting, and uh, I do a lot of work. There's no doubt about it. But I don't have to. And I feel good. You know, I work directly with CFP Chad Burton at New Focus. And I'm not stressed about work. I'm not stressed about mortgages. I'm not stressed about health care costs. I'm not thrilled, but I'm also not stressed. So you find yourself stressed about money. Uh, pinpoint exactly what you know is stressing you out. You don't have enough to cover bills. You don't have enough to be able to afford something, you know, just for fun. You're worried you'll have to work forever because you don't have retirement savings. I've got a friend who can't afford college for their kids, and instead of stressing, it's just like, well, we're just going to spend even more money. <laughs> That's their way of dealing with stress. Shopping therapy or retail therapy, right? You might not be good with money and finances if you've decided to think about retirement. I'm not going to think about it this year. I'll think about it next year. I'll get to it next year. And then suddenly you're going to find you're 16, you don't have anything saved, and you're going to be living in a trailer park, eating cat food, eating beanie weenies. And the days where you'll be like, I remember when I was young, I watched all the NFL games and I went to nice restaurants. And you might not be good with money if you're terrified of, of investing. Um, stock market beats real estate, hands down, over a 30, 40-year period, okay. especially with the same cost put in. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. 
Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I've been talking about messaging apps where Facebook's pretty dominant right now. One area that you could start thinking about is voice apps, uh, voice messaging. <laughs> Sorry, I'm confusing myself at this point in time. The voice bot versus the messaging bot. Wow, it gets kind of crazy. Uh, I remember a couple years ago, one of the first times I used uh, WhatsApp. And WhatsApp's kind of cool because if someone's overseas, you can call them and check in on video, check in on voice. And uh, I remember one of the cool features is you could record your voice. It'll digitize it and send it out. As long as the person has some sort of Internet connection, they'll eventually hear your voice, which is kind of nice. Um, Apple has that now. They kind of copied it, but no one really uses it. You can send someone a voice message if you want, but no one really uses it. So who has the voice bot now? Apple's got Siri, Google's got Google Now, Microsoft has Cortana, and Amazon has Alexa. And I think Amazon's the most interesting one of them all. Amazon's strategy is the opposite of every other player. It's price subsidized. It's reliant on e-commerce and no text messaging. It could be the foundation for building or acquiring a messaging app down the road. Alexa's been built into everything for them at this point in time. And, you know, at one point in time, you had to pay for a remote control they could talk to. And Amazon came out and made that super cheap. The dot. Um, everything Amazon does is pretty cheap. You're like, I can get the dot for like 40 bucks. I can have a digital assistant in my kitchen. And, yeah, it's heavily tied towards commerce at this point in time. But, again, Amazon is the first one that I could think of that put voice in a remote control. And now you see Comcast commercials talking about how great it is. And you could use different languages. The bots that matter today are largely recognizable brands. And they rely on messaging apps and major platforms for distribution. So, again, you just keep seeing the same old names. You know, third-party chat third bots. They could be Kayak or Expedia. Um, they could be Hyatt. Have you been booking a hotel ever and seen a chat bot come up? I use a financial services company called Hoover's. And the moment you pull up Hoover's, almost instantly there's a salesperson on the chat bot waiting to like try to upgrade your experience. So you have to have an iOS typically or some sort of technology platform based on it. First party bots promise to reshuffle the deck in search as well as the way users discover information and services. So I think they're all kind of hoping that we move towards voice, which makes sense, or that we move towards video. When the Internet first came out, uh, I was doing a radio show back in the late 90s. It was fantastic because I was doing this kind of show. It was a national show. And we got a sponsor who built websites. His, his tagline was, if you don't have a .com, you're a .nothing. I'm like, that doesn't make sense, but I love it. The internet back then was very much so brochureware, where you would go take a look at New Focus, take a look at KDOW, 
slowly but surely KDOW has been adding in like a news feed and instant messengers and things along those lines. Um, so search shouldn't be a keyboard. We should get to the point in the next five years where we don't have to use a keyboard. Um, that we could use everything, you know, voice command. Chatbots will be successful in the use cases where interactions are simple, fast, and easily automated. So you'll need keyboards for some things, right? But quick diagnostics, customer service. Uh, when can I expect my order? When is the repairman going to be here? E-commerce, you should be able to use a chatbot pretty much so right now to order flowers, to order, you know, open table. Love open table. Get online, book a hotel, not a hotel, but a dinner for like three months from now at the best restaurant. Can't get this month, but you can get two months from now. So chatbots and webbots should be all about making the experience a little bit nicer and a little bit easier. I think Alexa does that. If you used Alexa, Amazon's digital assistant, you could be in your kitchen and say, hey, Alexa, um, what's the weather going to be like today? And it's not fun right now. It's more like it will be raining from 8 a.m. till noon. But down the road, Alexa should be smart enough to go, rain, rain, go away. Or don't forget to take your umbrella today, Mr. Black. So better get that way. Or I'm going to be angry. Key question for messaging is, will the rest of the world follow adoption patterns that is clearly being set by Asia at this point in time? So the United States is not the leader in bots. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um so I saw that the Museum of Modern Art in New York just opened kind of like an emoji exhibit. And you're like, no, a Lichtenstein's a Lichtenstein, but a, a happy face with ice cream cone is so many things. <laughs> There's a dirty interpretation for it. There's a cute interpretation for it. I guess Lichtenstein has the same thing, right? So consumers, especially younger consumers, love stickers and emojis. So in Asia, there's a company called Line, which is now publicly traded here, um, where people spend money on stickers, uh, where people spend money on emojis. So like a sticker could be a crown, like the crown from Game of Thrones. So... Uh, Time Warner could sell you a sticker that looks like the crown from Game of Thrones. And you can get 10 uses out of it, or maybe unlimited uses if you pay for that. And every picture you take, I could take a picture of my producer right now, and I could post it on Facebook, but I'll put a picture of a crown on top of him and say, King Mikey is ruling over the kingdom today. And anyone anyone who sees it will be like, that's so cute. So people are willing to pay for emojis and people are willing to pay for stickers. Again, not me, but it's all about younger people. This music gets me so excited. Sadly, there's only, I think, 10 episodes left. Or something like that. They're going to do five or six next season and five or six to finish it. A lot of people want HBO to uh, make a movie. 
in the final episode. Like, you go to a movie theater and sit down and watch it. How's that for development, right? I guess you could say it's already been done with a couple HBO shows. Sex and the City had stupid movie after stupid movie. And uh, I think the rest of development kind of went that way, too, on some levels. Uh, Vince, the L.A. show, I don't know which one that is. But they went to the movie theater, too. Anyway, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. So, commerce and coin and virtual currencies are things that we look at. Subscribers are getting more comfortable with payments through mobile. However, adoption has fallen well short of what it's done in Asia. Again, Asia is the leader here. To purchase something in an app or online, that's a mobile transaction, right? Um, 55% of smartphone users have done that. To pay a bill, 54%. Um, to get a loyalty point, 29%. To send or receive money, 27%. Um, I love Apple Pay, and I love um, any sort of any sort of pay like that, right? PayPal online, or PayPal apps, pretty good. So whenever I see a, a retailer who has Apple Pay, I'm more likely to go to that retailer again because I love pulling on my phone and double tapping. And then the Apple's like, whoa, I didn't even have to pull out a credit card. So it brings in the question, will credit cards go extinct one day? Probably not in our lifetime, but I. you look back at the last time the Cubs were in the World Series, you know, a modern zipper wasn't even invented. Things change. You could take a look at, like, phone booths, which, what blight they were on urban cities. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything uglier, dirtier, filthier, germ-infested, and a good place for Superman to change. Which still doesn't make sense. So New York City has come up with an idea of turning all those phone booths into like Wi-Fi hotspots. Which is pretty cool. Have you ever paid for something by text? Have you ever sent money internationally with your phone? Um, people like uh, ATMs still freak me out. So I'm not a big fan of the ATM. I'm not a big fan of the person who goes to an ATM and outside their network spends big dollars to get their own money. Um, Just don't get it. The commercialization of social media in Asia has driven messaging platforms to become central areas of e-commerce. So you should really look at um, a company called Line, L-I-N-E. They do a really good job of messaging and apps and things like 7-Eleven built into it or... Groceries. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Don't forget, I always have an event coming up. I've got one coming up next month. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you telling people what I do and that I'm out there. Anytime you could give me some free press, that's great. For instance, if you've got children, have them listen to a show. But even more importantly, if they're in their 20s or 30s, have them email me and say, hey, my mom or dad said to drop you an email. And you might be able to give me some ideas. I've got an email that I've been using for a couple years that's, I think, simply amazing. Um, it's 20 things, it's, it's 10 things to do in your 20s. Um, it's not super complicated, um, but I think it's a good start to start thinking about money and what you might be forgetting or missing out on. So if you have kids, have them email me. And like I said, I'll do my very, very best to give you some good, solid information, whether you're in your 20s or in your 30s. I know there's a lot of people right now in their 30s who have saved not one single penny. And I'll be honest with you, you're probably going to retire poor, or you hope you're going to inherit well. And I can tell you that doesn't always work out. So be cautious on that one. Um, Let me give you an example. I've got a friend who, she's got a sister, so it's two sisters. And her parents inherited $1.4 million from, I guess, her grandparents, right? And this is a sad story because money started getting spent like it's never been spent before. Uh, my friend's parents were teachers and government workers. So the government worker has a great pension, great pension. So when 1.4 million comes in, you pay taxes and everything on that. You know, everything's lined up correctly. Uh, You start telling people, okay, I'm going to give this daughter 200,000, this daughter 200,000. So suddenly, a big chunk of it's gone. I'm going to give you know 100,000 dollars to a remodel in the house. I'm going to get a car at 60,000, and then the money just starts disappearing after that, (laughs) and you don't know how, but you already see how a big chunk of it. Boom, just like that was gone. Um, so the inheritance that you know that people thought they were gonna get, the you know, if the daughter saw one point four million there, uh, with another million coming in later on, that's just not gonna be there. because uh, it it got spent you know, the the parents are in their mid seventies and you know, their windfall Instead of leaving a legacy like their parents, the grandparents left her parents, the parents don't really want to leave a legacy. So, um, and it's worthy of note. And they're not shy about that. So, uh, so if you have children, a lot of people aren't going to make it to retirement. If you have children in your 20s or 30s, have them drop me an email. And I've got some basic emails that I could send out. Again, none of them are going to change your life, like uh, get insured. I don't think that's a piece of advice that's crazy, but a lot of people don't think about it. 
Um, renter's insurance is important. Homeowner's insurance is important. Car insurance is very important, especially to shop around. So not only how much are you spending, but how much coverage you get. Um, I use Geico and USAA, and I've changed my policy between them probably three times in the last 25 years. Um, I'm not shy about that. So uh, my homeowners, I, I get an amazing rate through USAA. I don't know if you ever watched the commercials, but uh, they're the commercials where it goes, my dad served, or it's because my dad served. And it's, you know, and I'm proud to be an American. USAA is one of those groups that is set up to give veterans um, health care, not health care, but insurance benefits. And they do a really, really nice job. Um, and it's it, it's weird because um, I'm thankful for my dad for, you know, half of his genetics. I'm thankful that, you know, he had six kids because I was the sixth one. <laughs> and I was the fifth one, excuse me. Sorry, Susan. Sorry, <laughs> didn't forget about you. Um, but that's a lot of kids in this day and age. Uh, I'm thankful for to my dad for a lot of things. I, and you've heard me before. I'm, I'm bitter on a couple of things. Uh, my dad was a, a, a clear-cut alcoholic. He was an orphan, and he went to Vietnam twice, and he was never the same man uh, that he could have been. So he had a lot of potential that uh, had to be bottled up inside from having six kids as well as going to Vietnam. So, uh, but get your kids involved in money so that they don't turn into a disaster. You know, my dad got me involved with USAA and they're great car insurance. They're great homeowners insurance. Um, you know, at one point in time in my life, I dated, a. I tried to date. She was a little too, um, let's just say I, my, my testosterone was probably greater than her desire. And, uh, you know, she's real pretty, and uh, she worked for State Farm, and, you know, this was right after high school, almost before college, and uh, I remember her very, very well, and very clearly, but I remember visiting her at the State Farm Insurance office, and I was like, why do you work for State Farm? And because, like, you don't really need, and I'm just going to upset a lot of agents, a lot of agents, insurance agents, aren't needed. Some are very needed. Um, but most are not. USAA and GEICO don't really have insurance agents. They've got call centers. Um, and every time I've had an accident, they've sent out an adjuster immediately to take a look at the damage and stuff like that. Um, but they run a thinner ship than most. They're not. The middleman sometimes is that insurance agent. So anyway, like I said, you listen. I'll do my best to give you good quality information. And like I didn't get a chance to flush out that commentary terribly well, terribly smartly there, but I think you know where I was trying to go. Don't be afraid to ask questions. My name is Rob Black. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, and Facebook. Uh, I hate Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.